You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews, we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now. The latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. It is Silver and Black today. An Odyssey original podcast. Also heard on the air in Las Vegas, of course, on The Bet. So if you're listening to us on the radio station, thanks for being with us. For our podcast listeners, make sure you subscribe if you haven't already done so. Mo's getting a little upset at you guys that don't subscribe. And he turns into his alter ego of Midtown Mo. And I, I, I just, I can't be responsible for what happens if you don't subscribe to the show. Mo, are you okay? I'm just saying, we, we need those subscriptions. No, no excuses. If you're stopping in, if you're listening to the show, anywhere you're listening to it, we need those descript- those subscriptions because the algorithm, as you know what it is, we got to fight the algorithm. So, oh, yes. subscribe, please. So I, I just pre- ask, please, what is it? Please. Yes. Please, or he'll be, he'll be on the street eating cheesecake that cheesecake with mint ice cream on the side but anyway (laughs) oh those food takes all right so we are back and we are going to be talking more about jimmy garoppolo of course we've been talking about him since his signing back in march the addendum all the drama around that some of it faux drama but anyway it's been there and so we're going to talk to him so we figure you know what we got to go to a guy who knows jimmy garoppolo well covered him comes from a place of authority and that is our guest right now. That is Jose Sanchez the third. He is the third. Deputy, the third. Yes. Mm-hmm. The third. And by by the third Emphasis one, right? They on perfect that. it, right, Jose? Yeah, third time's a charm too, right? <laughs> That's right. So we appreciate that. But I love that. Uh that means family's important to you. I love the third on the end of that. It's great. By the way, Jose's the deputy editor over at SI.com, the All 49ers Fan Nation site where you can check out his work as well. All right, Jose. So, of course, you know you know about what we call around here, and I think we coined the phrase, Mo. I, I, we don't get very egotistical here very, too, very often, but we coined, I think, the car wars thing. It might have been Mo. It yeah. might have been me. I think it was Mo. But anyway... So the car wars, Derek Carr, the last four years, you know, you've seen that story. Uh, But then Jimmy Garoppolo rolls into Vegas, uh, and then we find out he's got to have surgery and so on. But with Jimmy Garoppolo, one of the things you said, you spoke to our good friend Mario Tovar over at Raider Ramble, and you said, quote, that uh, you being around him said, quote, he's a dude just chilling, minding his business and drinking a beer at the bar. That's the kind of that's the kind of mood you get from Jimmy G. So talk to us a little bit. We're going to start at the very high level before we get to the football stuff. But talk to us about being around Jimmy Garoppolo and maybe what his his uh, 
demeanor, what his attitude brings to a locker room and to a team. Yeah, I think if you go back and you find the most common theme of every 49ers player has said about him throughout the years is no matter what, leader, teammate, a guy, like a good friend and stuff like that. Although the one part about the good friend that they hated was he doesn't know how to text back, but at least he's kind of <laughs> fair with that in terms of everyone. So aside from that, that's always the number one point that every player on the 49ers said. George Kittle, Trent Williams, Debo Samuel, all these players, coaches, great leader, Kyle Juszczyk, you know, great guy. And that's the one thing they always loved. And I think that's what kind of made a little bit last year's play with the 49ers a little risky because they're over here trying to transition to Trey Lance. Meanwhile, you got their best friend sitting behind them who they know he can win with. So that just tells you, like, how much there is, like, there's love there that even though the on-field product wasn't, you know, great, <laughs> it was still enough for them to be like, you know, we like this guy. We know we're, we know he can win with them. And, you know, ultimately it just, it just kind of simplifies that. And so – yeah, with my comments about that, just the vibe of being there, because I've been covering the Niners since 2019. I was there on site throughout that whole year, the Super Bowl run. And ever since then, it's kind of like hit or miss that I'm there. But the point is, like, that whole year when I think things were at its peak with him, he he just he, – he, it wasn't ever about him. He just was just a guy just there just to do his job, like kind of minding his business, being friends. Um, he just gives you that guy. Like, like I, I say that coming because, like, I could literally picture like he's just there, like, just drinking like a beer at, at, at a bar, just chilling, <laughs> just like kicking back friends, just like you know, shooting it around. And then I, I, that's, he just gives like the ultimate, like, yeah, he's a cool dude to go kick it with. And that's the vibe that we're getting at training camp. Uh, Max Crosby called him a dog. I don't know if you would classify him as a dog, you've been around him. <laughs> You nod your head no yes to that. But um, just go back to – I just want – you mentioned Trey Lance. I just want to go back to that decision that the 49ers made to trade draft picks to the Dolphins to move up for Trey Lance. What went into that decision? Was it about Jimmy just not doing enough? Because I will say I remember Trey Lance's first offseason, and two things that stood out to me was a lot of writers and reporters said, but Trey Lance, he has the mobility factor, of course, and can also stretch the field. Now, you can add on to that, or you can say I'm off base on that. What went into that decision to go after Trey Lance or just go after another quarterback and move on from Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, first and foremost, it's his injury history. You you had to turn the pay with Jimmy. And that 2020 campaign was, you know, the last straw for the 49ers because even though that year is very synonymous with the 49ers about how they lost so many players to injuries, if they had just competent quarterback play, they could have overcome Nick Bosa being out, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, all these Raheem Mostert. They could have overcome it if they just had court competent quarterback play for the season and since he you know is always getting hurt it's like you know we're done with this I i'm sick and tired of this let's try to move on and so that's the first move why i stepped into it and then the second one i think kyle shannon wanted to step out of what he's known to be as the quarterback staying on schedule like hey just run my system don't worry about doing too much because that's the one thing that why he thrives so well at why the quarterbacks like a brock purdy and like Kirk cousins have done under him um, and so Trey Lance was a stepping was stepping a little bit out uh, out of bounds of what he's used to in terms of big arm. He's mobile. Um, it's it's more about the he, he was raw, right? He was raw, but it was more about because he has a physical and tangible. Yet he, he was more gifted, and so you would hope that would raise the ceiling and what he could call and what he could do in the offense. So it's number one, Jimmy's availability, which is always going to be an issue no matter what. And two, getting someone who you know isn't limited like Jimmy because Jimmy can't move. Jimmy doesn't have an arm. He doesn't try to throw, and it's like. What is he really even processing? Sometimes there's times where it's like, does he guy does he even know what he's reading? And it kind of felt like inconsistent on that point. So I think from that standpoint, you're looking at Kyle's like, I want someone to be healthy. I want someone who can uplift the offense and someone who could probably, you know, run my system without, you know, 
being too much of a brain freeze on his end. So, Jose, let me ask you this question. Uh, you, you talk about, obviously, you can't talk about Jimmy G and not talk about injuries. I mean, you just spent the whole time in, in talking about how the 49ers decided to move on. But there's guys who get injured, uh, and let's just say that they might be considered guys that just can't play through pain. They get nicked up. And then there's guys who just have bad luck and get it. Where is, is Jimmy G in the middle of that? Is he one or the other? What's your take on his injury history there? Is it just bad luck? or is there something more there I, yeah, I think it's I think it's bad luck like you look about back at 2018 when he was playing against the Chiefs you know he instead of him getting out of bounds he's like let me go ahead and run the extra two to three yards and then it just happened to be you know just a bad hit on his knee and then 2019 you know you finally get a year where he's healthy 2020 he had multiple ankle issues you know with the high ankle sprain and then he tried to play through it and then I think he started really trying to force it through. I think there was a little bit of softness in him where he would hold himself out. I think – I don't know if you guys remember about how – what is it? Martellus, Martellus Bennett has some comments to say about him ever so years ago, <laughs> about him being a little bit on the softer side. I won't say the words he said, but I felt like a little bit after that, once that came into light, he started forcing it to play through, play through injuries, especially in 2021. It's like I got trade behind me. I can't really, you know – uh, be missing time and be like, oh, it's, it's just a strain. I can play through it. Should I? Probably not. So I think that's kind of where it dumbs down to. I think now he's more tougher, but especially like his injuries have, have been legit, like the broken foot. So I say like, you play a little football. Let's let's get to the X's and O's now. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of this discussion. All right. So you said something that stood out to me. You said that Kyle Shanahan may have wanted someone who's maybe a little off platform, can run a system, but also do other things within his skill set that he doesn't have to necessarily coach into him. And I think that's where Josh McDaniels, he wants a guy that's just going to run his system because that was that was one of the talking points that Scott knows last season with Derek Carr. Just run the play, run the play as I call it. But I just wanted, I just wanted to give you an opportunity just to give the, the whole picture of Jimmy G. Positives and negatives. What can Raiders fans expect? His strengths and his weaknesses. Oof. I would. It's a little hard to say too many strengths, but let's see if I can pick. Well, again, reiterating back to the Don't point make everybody about everybody feel so good, Jose. <laughs> here's one thing I would say, where I know, and you know, Mo, I used to cover the Raiders too, like ever so years, and I still keep yeah. tabs on them. So I understand mm -hmm. with Derek Carr throughout the years is he wasn't a unifying player. I think that's in my heart of hearts. I think even to the end, he was not a unifying player of the locker room consistently. He probably was in stretches, and people, but I wouldn't say he's really. You know, because too many times, you know, he's playing out there. You would see his body language. Like, he's over there flicking his arms, like, like blaming the receivers, blaming his offensive line. It's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? So stop that. You'll never see that with Jimmy. You'll probably see him get a little frustrated. This, actually, this past season was the first time he became more animated in his frustrations. But that was more towards Kyle Shanahan for obvious reasons. But anyways, I think that's something you would get more so more unifying player like the leader point i i think that's some players that that's that's gonna feed off him that's gonna they're gonna almost want to play for him and he's gonna not want to let them down i'm seeing that that it's getting a little spicy with him and so far some of the training camps so i think that's that's right there is beautiful you know you get that edge you get that venom going and that's how it uplifts the competition so i think that's really the clear cut the best trait that he has um i think second is getting the ball out of his hands quickly um, he's very adept at that more times than not, um, especially if, you know, the coach dials like, hey, here's just a one, two read or an RPO call this and just let it go. Like he thrives in that in terms of not getting, you know, holding on the ball for too long. And, you know, he doesn't really yeah, he doesn't really take too many. Eh, no, he does in stretches. That, that's one thing he needs to work on. But I would say that's one thing. He gets the ball to his hands really quickly more times than not. Um, the weakest part, aside from availability, is throwing deep. 
You're never going to expect that. And if he does, you're going to do this. <gasps> because it's going to be like, oh, my God, where is it going to? Because I will say this. I'm not a 49ers fan, but when he throws it, I gasp. And I'm like, why am I gasping for? Because it's like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? And it's so funny that that happens to me because it's like he's that's how erratic he is from deep. He, mm-hmm. If he, do, it, he doesn't do it for a reason, it's not because you know he can't. It, he's bad at it, and sometimes it's just he's no touch, no accuracy. So everything from zero to ten yards to fifteen is where he thrives. He goes past that. I, I think that's where you're going to see the clear cut downgrade from Derek Carr, especially when you're going to utilize a special receiver like Devontae Adams. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, that's helpful. No, and listen, the one thing, too, with with Garoppolo that I look back at and I see the numbers, I watch the film, is he goes into those little spells where he has that quick release, he gets the ball out, all that great stuff you're talking about in that offense being very efficient, at least in Josh McDaniel's offense, but he also has, he gets into those lulls where he turns the ball over. Uh, Derek Carr had a fumble problem. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo gets into these little stretches where it seems like he'll make, he'll try to force a pass and and turn the ball over. Did you see that increase decrease over the years as he continued as the 49ers quarterback? Uh well this past season was probably his best season that he's had since 2019, especially taking care of the football. If I recall, uh, I had a stat I remember I used to write it down because I had to chart it, but like about maybe one, two to th- not pr- pretty much half of his picks weren't necessarily like his fault. One of them was his end of halftime, just you know, the heck with it, we're gonna oh, yeah. do it. Um a tip. So not too many picks were just like bad. I think I remember they were all allocated towards like one game. And I think it was like the Chiefs game and the Falcons game or something like that. Outside of that, he was pretty much taking care of the football. It was pretty good. A nice conservativeness to it with a little spike of aggression. I'd say last year for sure we I saw more of a spike of aggression in his game. So that's the one positive. Like he was actually using his legs a little more. Um, he was actually challenging a little deeper than, than normal. Um, so I think if he continues that trajectory, especially with Jocks and Downs, maybe they do something like that. Now that he has better receivers that maybe that's this thing that he can find consistent about. And maybe it wasn't just a blip from last year because that was something that I was thinking, like, is he just doing this now because he's trying to do his, he's trying to up his value to show the teams. And if he can keep that player, you have a better offense for sure. But I think, like you said, Scott, about with his picks, he does get into those lulls where it's like, where are you looking, Jimmy? Where are you looking? You didn't see that, that Mike linebacker sitting in the hole. Sitting, sitting, sinking ten yards back. Are you serious? So there's, there's going to be a lot of like what we call them. A lot of us 49ers fans and media like me, we call it the Jimmy Gimmies. He's going to give you two of those five, two <laughs> five passes Gimmies. where it's like, what are you doing? Like he gives into the defense. Either it's it's it's, it's erratic throws to the wide receiver, or it's still pick, or it's like, what was he? What was he thinking? So I, I, I'm really curious of what he's going to do with Josh because there also was a pressure on these quarterbacks to really make the throw to the design receiver because Kyle Shanahan said, said so. So I wonder if Josh is going to give him a little more freelance free play. So I think that's going to be telling to see what kind of a player he really is. So there you go. You got another positive and negative out of Jose. The Jimmy Gimmies are the negatives. He takes care of the football. That's a positive. But you mentioned something. You said that he's going to have better receivers in Las Vegas. And there was a little debate between Raider fans and I about – how does the Raiders 
pass catching group compared to the 49ers pass catching group. And I will say, I, I will say it's about even simply because, you know, when Jimmy, when George Kittle is healthy, you have an all pro tight end. Part of that is his pass catching, part of it is his pass blocking. But Brendan Ayuk had improved every year with the San, in San Francisco. I saw his numbers. Debo is not a number one wide receiver per se. He's a dynamic weapon more so. So he had some weapons in San Francisco. But do you think that his he will elevate his game with arguably the top wide receiver in the game, Devontae Adams being on the field? You got Hunter Renfro, Michael Mayer they drafted, Jacoby Myers they signed, who knows Josh McDaniel's system. Do you think it's a matter of Jimmy didn't, I guess, push the ball down the field, wasn't as aggressive throughout his 49er tenure, and he could be more aggressive now with a top-tier wide receiver, and he'll get the higher numbers? Because he doesn't have a 4,000-yard season under his belt yet. And that was one of the things I said. Like, if the Raiders fall behind with their defense, is he capable of bringing this team back with his arm? Mm -hmm. So I'll leave that to you to answer that question. Yeah, I think you always have that possibility, right? You have a special receiver like Devontae Adams that can always bring a best out of a quarterback. Maybe it does uplift his ceiling and challenges to throw deep more. I feel like – even though, like, as much as I'm down on him on his deep ball, I feel like you still have to take those shots here and here and there. Um, I think the issue with me about him was he doesn't see it. His vision on the field is so bad, too, as well, on top of, like, his deep ball throwing. It's like either he doesn't see it, he sees it's too late, and then he can't deliver it. So you're looking at three factors that need to align for him to do it. One, he needs to see it. Two, needs to be on time. And three, he actually has to deliver it fairly well because I'm still having visions of 2020, 2021, Thursday night against the Tennessee Titans, where he has Kyle Juszczyk wide open, three, 34 yards deep, completely airmails it. And there was not a single receiver like within 10 yards of him. So it's it's kind of wondering, like, even though a receiver can get open, can he deliver it? That's why I thought the 49ers' skill set of players all around, like the Debos, the Ayukes, and the Kittles, worked well from him because those are guys that we call over here the Yak Brothers. You know, just – Dump it deep. I mean, dump it to the receivers. Let them work. Let them boost up his yardage. Let them let, – and then the idea is also that you would try a challenge deep, but he just it's, – it's the fact that he doesn't take it. I think if anything that's the worst of all is that not only that he's not necessarily skilled at that, he doesn't take too many of those chances. That gets a little frustrating. And I think I recall that being a problem with Derek Carr as well sometimes going deep. It's like, Derek, you have the arm. Why aren't you doing it? It's not like you have an excuse to Jimmy. So I feel like because Jimmy's going to be in a better system, better receiver – he might just be like, I got this. We're going to have to take those chances. So I think Hunter Renfro, Jacoby Myers with those underneath players will be perfect for him and maybe build up his confidence to take those shots to Devontae since he can create separation and he'll be pretty much fielding punts for Jimmy because he's going to be <laughs> wide open on all his shake routes and everything. Yeah, it's interesting because I think with with him coming in to replace Derek Carr and really what we consider to be a bridge quarterback, right, until the Raiders can figure out what they're going to do down the line, for a franchise guy that they want to put money and and years behind is that in some ways they're very similar and in some ways very different. And I know I'm talking about play on the field, but demeanor, that kind of laid back demeanor. Derek Carr was a little more excitable, obviously, but <clears throat> leadership wise, different type of guys. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens. But but Jose, I, I appreciate it. What's your gut tell you though on him being rejoined? With Josh McDaniels, just top line here. What do you think is going to happen? You think Jimmy G stays on the field, number one? And number two, how do you think he'll deal in that offense? I can't take – I can't bet on him. <laughs> You're, they're in Vegas, right? I wouldn't take the bets on him staying healthy all full seasons because the odds are definitely against him. He's only done it once. Yes. He's only done it once. I mean, what's make what's going to make me feel confident he does it now, especially behind a worse offensive line than the 49ers? That's crazy. So I think – I think – 
it's kind of hard to tell because how's the 49ers – I mean, excuse me, how the Raiders running back situation going to be with Josh Jacobs and like mm. that? Because obviously I know I see a lot of like Mogus and the people and other people like he has a good defense. It's like, yeah, but he also had a great running game that took the edge off him. Yeah. So there was a lot of ghost motion. Does McDaniels implement that a ton more now to get these players wide open because everything was so wide open for Jimmy. And even when they were, he wouldn't hit them. So I think you'll see – and again, Jimmy's coming off a high-level season. Like last year I was like – Okay, he's he's been pretty he's been solid. I had nothing negative to say about him at all last year. Um, but this year it's gonna be, you know, now you're getting paid more than you were last year. You're gonna be demanded to be available, you're gonna be demanded to make those shots at Devontae Adams, because mm-hmm. I think that's ultimately what I'm fearful about is how his connection with Devontae Adams, because you bring in a guy who doesn't have an arm, who doesn't take too many shots deep, and that's kind of gonna almost cap Adams in a way, which will force you to throw deep and maybe Get you more turnovers on Garoppolo since a lot of times the ball will just flutter and stay in the air for a long time. So I think it's really going to be capable on how you get the ball out of his hands quickly with Hunter Renfro, with the Jacoby Myers and such, and then see how you incorporate the run game and then Devontae Adams. And I think I think the offense could be sufficient. I just don't see them being lethal or dangerous. It's probably be a, like a, if I were to put like a cumulative in terms of like points per game, yards, offense, I feel like it's going to look like an 18 to 20 almost a little bit. And again, if hmm. the offensive line really is not getting overlooked, I mean, it's not getting talked about as much of an issue with Garoppolo more so because it hasn't really changed from last year and last year was bad. So, I mean, this year you're expecting a guy who's almost pretty much is a statue um, to sit there. <laughs> it's going to be a hard demand for him. It will be. But uh, Jose, we appreciate you being on and giving us both sides of the story here because you saw it unfold. You covered it all. Make sure you follow Jose on the X or Twitter, whatever the heck you want to call it, uh, at J Sanchez FN. J Sanchez FN. Man, thanks again. We'll catch up with you uh, down the line. I know the Raiders and 49ers got the preseason game coming up here in a few days, uh, but uh, we'll check in with you again, I'm sure. Yeah, right. I appreciate you, Scott. And make sure you keep Mo in check with his food takes, man. This guy's getting way too out of line. It's infuriating. Almost had to block Uh, him the other night. Yeah. Did you see? (laughs) Did you see our hot dog debate too? With the no, is the hot dog a sandwich? You guys talking about that? Not as that's a good. That's another one. We'll get into that one. But but here's the deal. As I said, nobody over 13 puts ketchup on a hot dog. Wait, 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 Scott. Don't 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 say it, Jose. Do you put ketchup on your hot dog? Yes or no? I would prefer not to, but I wouldn't mind it. My preference is no. <laughs> he, he's playing right in the middle. There. I love Jose. See, he knows how to play the game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jose okay, ultimately, if I, he's very good. I can do it, but here's the thing. I, I like to do it like almost like the way that we call it over here, street dogs, where it's yes. a bunch of onions and peppers, a little bit of mayonnaise, a little bit of hot sauce. Boom. Yes, absolutely. Okay, I, see, I, I, I can get with that. That's see, but you're not opposed knows. to putting ketchup on your hot dog, right? This is I'm not, not like opposed. I just would prefer not to because the little sweetness kind of bothers me. See, okay, see, it doesn't, he's, it doesn't sweetness. go. He, he's not, but see, he's not saying you got to be, you know, ten or under to put ketchup on your hot dog. He's I said thirteen, it's a little too not sweet ten. For his taste buds. Let's be fair, thirteen, not ten. The last time there was a food take with age with Mo. Mo said you have to be a certain age and stop eating cereal, and I'm like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Oh my! Hey, God. hey, hey! Actually, actually, I said if you're drinking chocolate milk over the age of thirteen, chocolate, you know, you need to reevaluate things in your life because chocolate think, milk is for kids. I think there was one time. Remember, I used to host a pod with our boy Matt Holder, and you said if you're eating cereal at eighteen years old, you need to re. You said something about you need to stop, and I was like, I still eat cereal, bro. What's <laughs> hey, up I, I, I love Apple Jacks. I'm just saying, I still eat Apple Jacks to this day. Apple if you're just going on a tangent as usual. 
Oh boy, yeah. we we could go down a big big rat hole here with Mo and food stuff. So Jose, I'll watch I'll watch them though. We'll keep them in check, and our listeners usually do too. There's a few small things that always agree with them, but the rest of them are you know they're 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 keeping them honest. You're this all guy haters. can't get away with what he wants. <laughs> You're all haters. All right, Jose, uh, we appreciate you, man. Good luck this season, and we'll talk to you on down the line. Much right, appreciated, guys. my guy. Have me on, Mo. Catch you around. All right. <laughs> All right, there you go. Jose Sanchez uh, from SI.com covers the 49ers. Well, Mo, the biggest thing and probably my favorite part of that whole interview was the Jimmy Gimme thing. I have to say it. I know it's a negative thing. Yeah. But, you know, that's what I, you I love when catchphrases. You, and he gave us one. He gave us a catchphrase that I don't think anybody in Raider Nation has used any, yet. But uh, we'll, we'll call them Jimmy Gimmies when they're, when, they're, when they're deserved. If they're not deserved, we won't. If it's tipped off somebody's hand, that's not a Jimmy Gimme. Right? I mean, that's just the way. Got to give credit to Jose when it happens, too. He will right. be tagged. After every interception, that's, that's Jimmy G's fault. Jose will be tagged. He will just be. putting it out there. He will be. All right. <laughs> we are tagging out here just for a few minutes. We're going to take our final break on this edition of Silver and Black today. When we come back, it's your time. That's right. It's our favorite time of the week. It is Raider Nation Mailbag, where Mo and I attempt to answer your questions to your liking, which happens sometimes, sometimes doesn't happen. But either way, we're taking them, and we appreciate it. You can always mail us at mail at silverandblacktoday.com, or you can comment on the YouTube channel in the comments, or hit us up on Twitter. It is Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully, the show, SNB Today, and we'll be back right after this. <laughs> 